Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Authorised Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. Hey, Bruce. Great, thanks, Ken. Uh, today we're going to talk about trust, the pros and the cons, but before we get there, Bruce, just remind our listeners what the Stewart Group is all about. Well, Stewart Group's a company that's been in town for well over 35 years. Mm-hmm. We're financial planners and financial stewards, what you might call fiduciaries. We're looking out there for our clients, their finances, investments and estate planning and some trustee work as well. Do you find in these uncertain times, Bruce, uh, you know, when you look at the, the world economies and inflation, that, that people are more and more wanting to come and see people like yourselves to, to get some advice? Yes, and it is always important to have that plan. Mm-hmm. And I think in an earlier broadcast, I alluded to having the emergency fund. Yes, you did. More and more important today. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about trusts. And uh, I think most people might have a basic idea of what trusts are, you know, to sort of protect your uh, assets. But... Tell us what a trust really is and the, and what, what's good about a trust and what's not so good about a trust. Okay, so I've had a, a good couple of decades and a half of trusts and mm-hmm. agency work. So trusts are essentially you're handing your asset to somebody else to look after it for the beneficiaries, which may include you or, or it may be just, for example, your next generation. So it's about protection. People in business often have them because it puts a ring fence around their business assets um, and means they're not vulnerable. And Property Relationship Act is another reason that people do it. Mm-hmm. Still effective for those who set them up well before yes. entering relationships. Yes. Not so much so if you're uh, already dating. Um, but yes, trusts still have their place. And they can be simple or they can be complex. Are those ring fences around trusts, are they impenetrable? Or Because I heard some time back that they're looking at making them not so watertight. Is that the case? Well, you look across the ditch to our Australian friends and uh, benefits and such, and they just ignore them. They look straight through them. They have done for decades. Mm. You know, we could end up there. Yeah. Um, they increasingly come under attack. Um, they always have. And they evolve, like most things, to remain robust. Hmm. And if you've got genuine intent when you're forming them for the protections they can afford, then yes, they can be very effective. So apart from, say, a person who might be in business or, for instance, who might be coming out of a relationship and they were pretty well healed before they get into their next relationship, I can maybe understand why they might want to put Hmm. their uh, assets in a trust. Would the average person need a trust? And if, if so, or if not, why not? Well, you, you remember the days when you'd turn up to the party and you, your guests would have a trust and sitting around the table, oh, I must have one, mm-hmm. don't yes. know why. Um, yes. But yes, I mean, those days have well and truly gone. Um, they were great for people forming trusts and in the, in the industry around it, but 
you know, I've seen a lot of trusts form like that, and then the values come along later on for people. You don't impose a ball and chain on things unnecessarily, so that good in-depth discussion is important. So I think that, uh, yes, trusts are still valid as an inquiry for most people, but if it's me, I'll pretty soon tell people, just forget it. Um, don't also always look at your own situation, but look to your who's likely to inherit what their situation is. Often that can be helpful to pass on an asset to them that doesn't go to them in their hands. They still have a beneficial interest, but not the ownership of it. Control. Yeah. Is a trust better than a will in some respects? I mean, I know mm-hmm. that, uh, for instance, it's in some respects a will might not even be with the papers written on because someone can put a claim on it and have a legitimate claim whereas the person who's had the will might for a legitimate reason not want you to have anything yes so wills are very important Mm -hmm. they are important to everyone Um, anyone who has anything over fifteen thousand dollars as an individual item Mm -hmm. should have a will Um, otherwise um, you get into formal administration of of wills in estates and it can be very messy the other thing I'll mention is enduring powers of attorney. They're probably even more important, yes. but I won't go too far down there. But a will is the basis of all estate planning. It's where you start. That's where you can add on trusts, the packages. They work together. Um, wills are important for people to have. It's about you saying what you want dealt with in your assets. Yes, they can be attacked. Mm-hmm. Yes, people can contest them. But if you've got sound reasoning and thought and for example, you've written that note that's going to go to the judge. Hey, if this is going to end up in court, the yeah. judge is going to know what my feeling is. Yeah, as a as a um, testator. All right, tell us about the process of setting up a trust. So we decide for one reason or another want to set up a trust. Is it as simple as going to see your accountant or your lawyer and say, "Set me up a trust, and here's a thousand dollars for doing it"? Is it that easy? No, no. You don't want to rush into things like this quickly. Um, like most things, that possibly easy to get into mm. and even more difficult to get out well. of so um, you enter that with a, a great deal of caution and you take professional advice so whether it's one of the statutory trustee companies accountants lawyers or you just want to come in and have a chat with me about your estate planning and I'm happy to give an opinion and also refer on to these professionals and hey if they have a different opinion on things that's even better we want to make sure we get a robust outcome. Yeah. Yes. But anyone can. Do you have to be a yep. certain age to set a trust up? Generally, I think these days, if you're 18 and over, you can pretty much get stuck into anything like this. Um, yep. And what are the ramifications of setting it up? So just say we agree that you're going to set one up for me and you're going to set it up and I want it to start tomorrow. Is it that simple or do we have to go through a process where uh, other interested parties can look at it and say, mm, no, you can't do that? Is there any reason well, that might stop you setting up a trust, legally speaking? You, no, you could set it up in a day, mm. but I'd say that's haste, yeah. and you, you're setting yourself up for a failure. You don't enter into these quickly. You take your time, you're measured, and you make sure there's valid reason, valid outcomes, and you know what you're getting yourself into um, when we look at the reporting requirements that have been introduced with the Tax Act that swiftly came through in December last year for the reporting of trusts to IRD and land revenue. Um, you know, that, that adds a whole level of complexity. 
kind of trust be wound back, for instance, you mentioned a bit earlier on that was there to ring fence our assets. So, uh, for instance, if I had some assets that I wanted to protect, but I also had a bit of a business which wasn't doing very well, mm. I think, gee, let me, let me protect these assets right now because I know that's going to fail. So you ideally do things while there's blue skies, no yeah. storms on <laughs> yes. the horizon. Um, <clears throat> you're setting yourself up in a robust position so that if something should happen, then you're in the best position you can be. If you see trouble coming, you're likely too late. Um, you can give it a go, yeah. but you're going to be seen as trying to defeat your creditors. Sure. Or, yeah. And once I set it up, so I come to you, you set it up for me. Well, who looks after it? Who maintains the trust from there on in? <clears throat> so we won't actually set it up. We'll give the opinion. We'll have a professional accountants and lawyers involved. We work with them. Mm-hmm. And we'll go on an ongoing basis on the, with the trust, sometimes as a trustee with selected clients. Um, it's not always ideal to have us on board because it costs. But... Um, I think that uh, we can give you an opinion as a part of your estate planning and get that set up and help you administer on an ongoing basis. And certainly, if there are assets to be looked after, uh, we can assist with that as well. Do IRD like trusts? Um, where's that commentary? I'm thinking that, you know, in Parliament, the the, the politicians are saying... They're good things, they're valid, uh, but then we're having IRD coming up with this reporting and it seems that trusts are bad things and used for avoidance. Mm. For example, for example, we had the um, dentist, I think it was in Christchurch, I forget the name of the case, but they were shifting money around for a lower tax rate and not being remunerated at a proper level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they're trying to look at and see with these new tax changes is to say... You know, should are they deliberately arranging their affairs to avoid paying the higher income tax rate is one of those reasons for the new tax changes in 2022 uh, that we've got for our filings this year. So they're looking for people who perhaps are on the 39% tax rate mm-hmm. because trusts are taxed at 23, uh, 33%, um, which means there's a 6% tax advantage. And if it's significant mm. assets, and from a trust you can be taxed at 33 and have a capital distribution uh, instead of income that's not taxed, then they're going to be interested in that. Yes. So, um, yeah, the, 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 do they not like them? I think they really are taking a good... They're wiping the, the windows clear yeah. <laughs> so that they can see what's going on. Yes. Now, we have mentioned in previous programs that it's always a good idea to look at your investments, uh, you know, either on a six-monthly or maybe uh, a yearly basis so that uh, you're getting the best value for your money. Is that the same with trust or do you put your, uh, put your stuff in a trust and then you forget about it? Is that That's how it interesting works? because investment plans are very good for trusts. Um, there is a process. Trustees are judged on their processes, and we do run through that process and check things to make sure it's going to comply with what's required for a trust. You know, Joe Average on the street gets away with things. There's no reporting. As a trustee, you're responsible to the beneficiary mm-hmm. and the future beneficiaries, yes. and if you're not managing things right with the proper process so you don't know what the goals and objectives <coughs> are, yep. you haven't matched up your investments to those, you haven't been prudent and diversified, 
then there's the possibility that you can be hauled up later on, not by your current friendly beneficiary, mm. but your next generation yes. grandchildren or children who say, hey, you were investing in oil fields in, in Russia. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> wind the tape back a little bit. So mm. I think that uh, you know, many of us might have been approached in the past, oh, I'd like you to be a trustee uh, for for this sort of purpose. We say, oh, yeah, okay, but we don't realise the ramifications. What are the ramifications of being a trustee, apart from what you just mentioned? The appointment of a trustee is personal, mm-hmm. so you're personally liable for the things that you do if you're negligent or you're not doing things properly. Um, so you need to be very careful. It, there is more compliance. There are more obligations around at the moment. So it takes time and effort, not to mention possible future liabilities. Yeah. Um, so you have to be very careful. You need to know what you're doing. So if someone approaches you to be a trustee, think very carefully. Absolutely. Take independent advice. So Joe Blow probably wouldn't want to be. No. No. It's an extra tax return. Yeah. <laughs> so who would be the trustees in the main that you might recommend? So would it be someone like uh, someone in your company or someone in a bank or the person's lawyer? Or how, how would you choose you, a, a I trustee? Mean, individuals are still on on the board if you like mm-hmm. to, to be selected but so long as they know what's going on in this proper process and proper uh, records kept record keeping is very important because we all know five years down the track you know let alone last week what I had for lunch yeah um, and I have a different perspective then so you need to keep really good records of what you considered and how you made and came to that decision so there's things like that. So whoever you choose, you need to have professional systems, and that's what we're offering. So even though we're not a trustee, we might be helping you run and administer that trust and keep it tight and robust. Yeah. Yes. As a trustee, can you take the fifth and say, well, I'm not an accountant. I'm just, just volunteered to be a trustee. What would I know about investing? Can you do that or? So, um, no. <laughs> you can't. Um, yes, uh, you know, it's not my profession. I might get the slap over the wrist with a wet bus ticket or plastic card. Yes. Um, but so there is some degree of difference, but now the Trustee Act is very clear about what the requirements are. It's simple, plain English reading, mm-hmm. and you need to know what that's about. You need to know what's in the trustee. Yeah. You need to know what the purpose is and you need to be responsible in dealing with that. Just signing the bit of paper at yep. the bottom and walking away is not good. That is negligent. So using that example that you suggested a bit earlier that I invest in oil fields in Russia and uh, the money that was in the trust is now worth nothing and uh, a trustee comes to me and says, okay, well, you know, you were the trustee. You're supposed to be doing this for my benefit. Um, how liable could I be? How deep are your pockets? Wow. Tell us about that. That's that's as far as it goes. Really? Yep. They'll look for anything and everything. So you should have a trust. Yeah. (laughs) To bring fence your property. (laughs) Yeah. Does that happen very often? Um, I think more often than we ever hear about it, because these things get settled out of court um, on the quiet and kept private. Nobody likes their financial affairs Mm. broadcast through the court system. So often trustees will settle these things before they get to court so what, yeah okay so we're just touching there on family trust but mm. what about business trust or you know many of us belong to organizations we might be on the board of uh, a charitable organization do we have the same problems there 
you need to be cautious, you know, with any trust and where you're responsible and making sure you're complying. Certainly the regulations that apply to incorporated societies mm-hmm. were reviewed. Yes. It's not a field I specialise in, but I do know through my involvement that I'm careful about the decisions that are made and our purposes and making sure they're still lawful. And yes, you can be personally liable in some circumstances, but uh, I'd have to go and read up on that. Yeah. Mm. Do you have to be an upstanding citizen to be a trustee? Is, uh, do you have to be vetted by anyone or can you nominate anyone that's it, that they become a trustee? When you look at the characteristics of a good trustee, you want somebody who is reliable and honest. Um, it, you cannot be a bankrupt, for example, but because um, you can't own the assets mm. effectively. Yeah. Um, but generally anybody and everyone could be a trustee, but you as the set law and the beneficiaries, you want to see someone who's responsible and upstanding, yes. Can a beneficiary be a trustee? Yes, and there are some cautionary things there because you could be seen to be operating as an alter ego Mm -hmm. if you're treating it as though it's your own, you know, not keeping proper records, not dealing with transactions properly with trustees, or a sham indeed if you're not um, keeping proper records. So uh, you also need to look into the trustee because you might not be able to make decisions around benefiting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are things that you need to do before you do that. But the answer is yes, you can be a beneficiary and a trustee in a trust, but with caution. Can you be removed as a trustee? So if someone appointed me because someone said, no, no, I'm not not on to that. Or does it have to be then by a mutual agreement, by a meeting with lawyers or... Look, the part that's going to cover that is the trustee, the powers to add and remove, and that may indeed be appointed who are the two set laws, mm-hmm. for example. example. Uh, indeed, when if all of the beneficiaries get together, they can get you removed as well under the new Trustee Act. Right, so if the trustees have no control. The yes. court removes you per request from all of the beneficiaries. So if you're facing that as a trustee, you probably don't want to go through the court, so no. you're likely to comply. Yes, um, indeed. Yep. Do trustees get paid? Yes, if you're a professional trustee. Mm-hmm. What if you're a Joe Blow, so you appoint yes. me as a trustee? Do I? If you have no interest, I would suggest that if you have no interest in the trust mm-hmm. and the nature of your business, receiving some sort of remuneration for your work, yes, is appropriate. Is there an appropriate amount, or can you name your price, so to speak? Well, that's a matter for individuals to negotiate. Um, you know, if it's two hundred, hundred and eighty dollars an hour, it could be four hundred, depending on who wow. you're looking for, mm. and and who what level of service you want. But with the price comes value for money, yep, um, and professionalism. Um, so, you know, if if you want to get something for nothing, uh, beware. Because you never get a free lunch. No, that's for sure. How often should trustees meet? I mean, um, if we if we've got a trust and we set it up and we're doing, we like to think we're doing everything as normal. Would we meet uh, six look, monthly I, I think, yearly? Or? Well, we tend to meet with people six monthly for mm-hmm. investment purposes, just to check in and make sure things are right. But at least annually, yeah. you know, there might be a time when you will get together at Easter or Christmas or something like that as a family, and those trustee meetings could be held. Or there might be the annual accounts that come out, uh, and it might be a time then for their trustees to meet. Especially if certain circumstances change for beneficiaries, or regarding the trust, then you're going to hold meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trustees can set uh, review periods for investments, so they might only review it annually in some circumstances, and that might be ensuring that the house is insured, well-maintained, yep. and the rates are paid up. Or it might be, let's look at our objectives annually, but check in with the investment advisor every six months or quarter on the investments, the more active investments. Just wanting to take back to culpability of trustees. I mean, uh, just say we're, for example, just say we're um, in charge of a trust or part of a trust that's got a million dollars invested in property. And uh, if you had that a couple of years back, you'd be laughing all the way to the bank. But now what's happening is that the properties are becoming, you know, they're devaluing as we speak. Um, As a trustee, could we be held accountable for not diverse Yep. being more diverse? So generally when trusts are set up, they, if it's going to be a house trust or such, they're structured in such a way as that you can own uh, assets that are not uh, profit-making, mm-hmm. if you like, or, and you don't need to diversify. Again, you look into the trust deed itself, there will be a clause. That's your rule book. That's what you run by, as well as the Trustee Act. So the key is to know your trust, know your beneficiaries, know what you need to do to invest and which assets to hold, what powers you have, and act within those powers. Be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Keep records. You know, when you make a decision about something and there's a clause in the deed that relates or gives you the power, why not mention it in that decision? Sure. Yeah. So uh, would you recommend that we go to the trustees, um, well, the trustees go to the beneficiaries and say, look, we're thinking of investing in Tesla. What do you think? And they say, well, that's a great idea. Then... So I'll, I'll tell you what, Ken, a lot of people are thinking about this ESG investing, mm-hmm. environmentally responsible, socially responsible, yep. good governance, and the world has sort of lit up and taken notice uh, with that, and the generations and the trusts change, and they have different goals. Mm. So the discussion between mum and dad and the children are two different things. They are two beneficiaries as a trustee you need to consider. And it may be that you can have your cake and eat it too. So where mum and dad might just say, just leave it general, the kids have said, look, hey, we mm. think we care about these things. And mum and dad do too. Sure. So that becomes valid. And you can have a good sound investment package and planning, but you can put that overlay of environmental, socially responsible and good governance aspects on that portfolio. One final question, Bruce, and that is uh, there's changes being made recently to trust reporting. What are the highlights of that? So Inland Revenue brought in uh, very quickly in December changes to the Trust Act. Um, Quick highlights, the reporting is more extensive, so compliance, so trustees need to make sure they have their records in hand. Though it's possibly about the 39% tax rate, there are also the abilities of needing to report to other tax uh, government agencies such as Ministry of Social Development and also overseas jurisdictions for trusts. So there'll be a lot of interest in that subject coming up. Just about our time, I wonder if you could give us your top three reasons that we want to set up a trust. Top three reasons to set up a trust. Mm -hmm. One, you're footloose and fancy free and you don't have a relationship on the horizon and you've got assets that you think you would want to protect or share in a controlled manner. You're thinking about going into business and you think, hey, business is going going to go well. I'll set it up. I'll put my lifestyle assets here protected. They're not up for grabs. Um, But the rest of my life is with this new business venture. Um, And the other thing is wealth planning and succession. 
that's something we do for people. So the ability to manage the wealth within a vehicle and to pass that wealth on to the next generation in a controlled manner. So that involves something more complex, such as your will, your trust, possibly company structures, which we're happy to discuss as well. And if we want any advice, Bruce, we want to come see you at the Stewart Group. Where are you? We're based here in Hastings, um, and our clientele is nationwide and international, so anybody can ring us, email us um, as well. We're available. information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge.